welcome to the Recombobulator Lab with Jason Graham Nye and Chris Dominic. Chris Dominic. Yes, Jason. How you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I um I'm here in Portland. It's it's raining like Scotland here. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean it's like it's blustery. Wow. What about what about uh Bondi Beach, Sydney, Australia in one of the nicest times of year? How's that November, going? November nineteen. Uh it's a ten AM. It's a good looking day down here at the beach. The sky is blue. The water was a bit chilly this morning. We're in pretty good shape, I think. I think so. Very good. Uh, very, yeah, uh, that's we, excellent. Yeah. Very, very happy. Hey, so yeah. That is good. That's good. Tell me, I was running past the name of our podcast to people. Oh, and right. some people basically just said to me, like, what the heck does that mean? Uh, mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's just going to make us seem mean and spiteful. What is? But I mean, I, I remember from us kicking this back and forth. But that was the word that got you interested. So I was curious. What? How do we define this for people? Well, it came from a stand-up comic who had a really interesting series of observations around the English language and how you have words like underwhelm and overwhelm, but you just don't have whelm. Or um, you know, you've got a word like akimbo. But uh-huh. you can only use that word with legs akimbo or arms akimbo, but right. you can't just say akimbo. And so that right. got me thinking, <laughs> I'm a linguist, mate. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a mm. Japanese interpreter. I love language. <laughs> but I think combobula- uh, to be discombobulated, which I think is an interesting word for our times, given we're in the middle of a pandemic and lots of fun elections around the world. Oh, yeah. You can be discombobulated. Well, can you be combobulated? Or could we recombobulate? And I just, yeah, okay. I just find yeah. that as a language thing kind of interesting. So I thought the Recombobulator Lab was a fun thing to call our conversation each week on this podcast and see if we can recombobulate a few things. Beautiful, beautiful. Let me t- <laughs> let me kick off of what we're the plan for today is going to be. We're going to first talk a little just a bit about what our story is, and then we're going to get quickly into the top five best and worst things about America and Australia. And then we're going to use in future episodes the drill down on that to like break it up and talk about these issues a little bit more fully with a little more depth. Today, we're going to keep it at a pretty high level. So with that, you know, I have this memory of the the when we first met uh, it was at your place i think it was in that really big white house over in the alphabet blocks in portland when you were back you were living here do you remember anything earlier than that no that was it you're spot on yep and i just remember thinking you know it is kind of funny because we had so much in common and yet you were doing a product-based environmentally smart diaper and i was in the services business basically in the legal area around litigation but we had so many similar experiences and i found that to just be crazy so i think it's the funniest thing of all that a diaper executive and a litigation consultant could have so much to talk about every time we'd meet we'd just go on and on and on. And I think it's so cool because those two professions are so out there. (laughs) Well, you would almost think those two people wouldn't even know each other, right? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, there might be a few people who heard the teaser and said, oh, I'll bet that Chris helped Jason uh, in a lawsuit or something. But that that has actually nothing to do with it, believe it or not. So we're going to get this thing going and we're both going to cover 
the top five best things about America, the worst five things about America, the best things about Australia, and the five worst things about Australia. Jason and I have a long history of sort of having a, a bit of banter, but we really thought that this was important to be able to like not interrupt each other for just to get through some of the basics. So, uh, and we'll just kind of stay at a high level and not spend too much time on each one, and then we'll probably take it a little deeper later. So here we go. You ready? Let's go. Let's go. U.S. Good. Number five, the athletes. Now, American athletes have won more Olympic medals than any other country. We have pros that are sports gods like Willie <coughs> Mays I'm sorry, what? and Michael <laughs> Jordan. I didn't even get to Michael Jordan. What? Mm. Okay, did you did you make a comment about? Well, dr- it's pretty easy. And- it's pretty easy to win all that stuff when you're juicing. Let's let's go through <laughs> the history. You've got a whole series of athletes who. Okay, I keep going. This is how it's going to be. This is, is how it's going to be. And all Jordan, right. you said Michael Jordan. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan. Really? Is awesome. Basketball, putting that oh, little ball on. in the oh, hole. Okay. Okay, just this is turning into the the rugby cricket thing again, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Just because we wear pads in football, you can't handle it. Well, you can't handle it. You can't handle your delicate constitution, and oh, you might get a bruise. So we better put a helmet on that little melon of yours. It's a joke. It's farcical. (sighs) I see how this is going to go. Number four, (laughs) culture, music, and film. Jazz, R&B, hip-hop, Hollywood movies, everywhere in the world. I know Australia watches a lot of American TV when they're not making Bondi Rescue. You know what else? You created pornography. It's a disgrace. Did we create pornography? You did. And then then a boob, a poor woman breastfeeding on Facebook gets, you know, eviscerated because, oh, my God, it's a boob. But, oh, no, bring on the porn. Yeah, see what we can do. Culture, really? Is that culture with a K? I mean, how does that even work? Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Feel good, you, just, you, just, you just, you're just throwing the glove down. You just wait. <laughs> you just wait. All right. Number three, innovation: the light bulb, airplanes, uh, computers, the internet, cell phones. Stop there. Two things. It's really cute having an airplane. Kudos, congratulations. But who? Two hundred twenty countries in the world. Which country invented the black box? You're welcome. Oh, okay? you know this. Okay. You know, oh, okay. That little That's, computer you made. That's yeah. so cute. Well okay. done. Who invented Wi-Fi? Okay. Who All invented right. Wi-Fi? Oh, you're welcome. Okay. All right. So, so you know what? I. It's a good thing we invented airplanes because how else are you going to get to to Australia? Come on. I mean, hey, hey, I, hey, hey. If you just put wings on a black box, it'd be the safest plane in the world. <laughs> You can tell I'm an engineer. That is the best stand-up routine ever is the guy that's like, okay, if the black box is the thing that survives a crash, why don't we make the whole plane a black yeah. box? Then no one to die. I mean, that's He really brilliant. has a point. Yeah, he really has a point. Okay, number two, higher education. Most of the best universities in the world are in the U.S., which is why over a million foreign students come here each year more than any country. That, that, but they fund good. they fund your failing education system. It's the best education system in the world because it's the most expensive. You know, a Ferrari is the best car in the world, but it's also the most expensive. That's what makes yes. it the best. It's, it's classical. It's true. And well, just can we know, can we? At you some give point, us a market, and we can do something with it. That's usually. so true. America <laughs> does markets well, we, which yes, is why your I mean, healthcare sucks. Yeah. Well, I oof. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> 
That's a that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm I'm really disarmed in that one. Uh, okay, number one, we're on U.S. Good, you know. Yeah. Uh, Democratic Republic, the combination of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution operating in tandem has been this inspiration to many countries over the years. In 1776, monarchies were ubiquitous. Now half of nations are all democracies. America gets some credit for showing them the way. So there you go. Yeah, lots of big words, I suppose. <laughs> okay. All right. But hang on. Wait, wait, wait. You can't wait. Look at your democracy today. Look at the the look at that constitution and the vagueness of it. The fact that we've got this lame duck president who, between now and January twenty, could blow up the world. Surely. Yeah. Is that well, a good okay. So yeah. So I I picked a bad time to probably. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about the- this in a larger historical <laughs> sense. Since our current president is replacing competent people who who are who are being disloyal, apparently by speaking the truth, said um, like a true litigation consultant who's trying to redirect the jury. Look well, at the shiny bright light over here. He says, I, "I'm just unbelievable. I'm, just, I'm trying to be straight with you." Yeah. Okay, uh, it's time. For, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's do this. You go to Australia. Good. Australia. Gonna, good. You ready? All right. Let's go. I could uh, struggle to restrict it to the. Top five. It's like 5,000. I'm a proud Australian. Okay. Number one, multiculturalism. We have the biggest Italian and Greek populations in the world outside of those two countries. We have a huge Asian uh, population. Brilliant food. Sure, sure didn't um, start out that way, did it, Jason? White Australia policy. Sure. I'm sorry. Oh, what? yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just being honest here. I mean, it wasn't like you were particularly friendly to the natives when you got there. I'm not saying that, you know, America was either. Yeah. But, well, you know. uh, and then I seem to remember that it was like illegal to be black there until the 70s. The, the indigenous people here were regarded as flora and fauna. It was just disgraceful in the mid-60s. So you are right. The other thing that's not well known is we had, and hang on to your hats here, a white Australia policy, which was yeah. stunning, stunningly racist. And uh, then we had this classic conundrum in the in the post-war period where we didn't have enough people to run the country. The whole issue was populate or perish, which is what drove us to be so multicultural. And that's how we got so many people. But there is, there is inherent racism in this country. And it's a paradox because we have such a multicultural country. So I'll wear that. We're trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and it sounds like today things are pretty good. So, you know, it's sort of indigenous rights are dreadful, but yes. Yeah. Okay. You're on, you're on, you're on four. Number four, the she'll be right, mate attitude, which I know you appreciate. We're relaxed people. We're a little Mm -hmm. bit chilled. Now, if you're a critic, you'd say it's a bit like island time. If you've ever traveled to Hawaii or somewhere and everything's like, yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I quite like it. Yeah. I got to say, I really did like the people there when I was there a ton and I liked the attitude a lot. I will say though, I could just imagine if I was doing a residential construction contractor deal, (laughs) that would make me bananas. I mean, can I I just say, I mean, mean, like, hey, where is he? He was supposed to be here at eight. Like, where is he? Oh my God. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Look, as someone, you, who've only been in this country once, you've zeroed in on one of the great frustrations. So as a country, we are obsessed about real estate, and that could be for another time, but it is hilarious how much Mm. people talk about property here. And the way you buy or sell a property is a live auction in the front lawn, which is epic and open to so much graft and corruption, but I'll get back to that later. (laughs) Are you serious? No, it's really funny. We have to cover that in an episode. We should do a live. At least for Americans, that would be shocking. Oh, my God. It's so cute in America. It's like, oh, we put our little offer 
in an envelope and we slip it under the door and then they consider mm-hmm. it behind closed doors, whereas this is just like all in. It's crazy. But the point <laughs> of this story is that when we started the podcast this morning, uh, you were able to hear a knock, 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 and it was the we having a little bit of our deck being repaired, and half the job was done a week ago. And then exactly as you said, it's like where did the guy go? He hasn't finished Where'd it. Go? We've got Where'd you go? know we've got a big we've got a little event on Saturday night. It'd be nice to have a deck that actually works. But it's exactly Apparently that. Apparently not. Apparently not. Like, um, mate, are you going to come back? And <laughs> are you, what are your thoughts on that one? <laughs> it's just so that's funny. awesome. That's awesome. Oh okay. My God. Okay. So that's the right, show we're we're Oh, the third one is bipartisanship. Just in po- political, in the in politics, just just scenes the other day of the Liberal and Labor Party. So Liberal uh, Liberal Party is roughly the Republican Party. Our Labor Party is roughly the Democrats. And, you know, they are able to come across the table. Um, like a, a, a national cabinet was formed immediately around for COVID. And so any partisanship just disappeared. And I think that's really impressive. And I think it reflects healthy democracies all over the world. But I think because I have lived in America for 10 years and just going to this election from afar, there's just two echo chambers and there's never, ne- never the twain shall meet. And I find that... Oh, yeah. Well, the last thing I'm going to do is defend the the state of of polarization in America right now, Mm. because it's depressing for anybody who's been alive long enough to remember when we had bipartisanship, which was a while ago now. But just to kind of challenge this a little bit, didn't you tell me that there's something crazy going on with Fox News there? Well, I absolutely, I think my bottom five, my Australia bad... Absolutely, we, yeah. we built. I think we're cutting Fox. into that at this point. Yeah, no, we. I mean, yeah. Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, is a product of Australia, and uh, you know, seventy percent of our media is owned by one man. So it's very much like England. And for another episode, I would love to talk about the influence of Murdoch on democracy, because where he does not have a presence, there is a healthy democracy. The examples mm-hmm. being Canada and New Zealand, two good That's examples of liberal democracies. Yeah, it's really interesting to kind of dive into that topic because his role and his influence is massive. And I just presumed he was in Canada and New Zealand, actually. No, and the laws mm. there have prevented him from doing so. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, you're on two, I think. The compulsory voting. I just love the idea mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. it forces, when you and I have talked about democracy before, you have said that there are only, democracies are big, hairy things, but there's only two ways that the citizenry can participate. One is on the jury and the other is voting. And I just mm-hmm. love it because I remember turning 18. I remember having the conversation with my parents and going, okay, election's up. Who's up? So my son just turned 18. We don't have an election for another year or two. But what happens is you get a young, the young set, have to get across the issues because they have to vote. And mm-hmm. and they call it a donkey vote when you walk into the booth and you just draw Mickey Mouse and walk out. Only like 2% of those who vote do that. Everyone else genuinely participates. And I just think it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to to uh, do what I'd like to do right now because I know that you've got the trump card. I can say, yeah, but we've got mandatory jury, jury duty, but I know you do too. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I, got no, I got nowhere to go there. Okay, so you're on. All right, one. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, one is the beaches, which is probably vacuous, but it reflects my, my mind. <laughs> I just think mm-hmm. that the natural beauty of beaches here is phenomenal. It's, it's a great place to reset mentally. It's a great place for families to go at no cost and enjoy the awesome nature that we have down here. So beaches is my number one. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, mm-hmm. well, I, I think I go, I'm going to go Australia bad, and then you can go America good. How's that? Jeez, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so... Australia bad. Number five. You ready? 
Okay. Your crazy visa system. <laughs> Just because you want to come here. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So I was getting ready to go to Australia to see Jason. And it, it, it suddenly there's like, well, there's no visa. And I'm like, I, there's no visa? And it's like, no, no, this isn't one of those like places where you can just book a ticket and go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it's so true. I was sitting with my legs crossed with a, with an iPad with a keyboard, like entering all this information online, hoping that if I don't make any typos that I would get the visa. And fortunately yeah. I did, but it was a, it was a close call. And it was a little <laughs> um, so yes, maybe a little too much of a personal story there, but anyway, all right, here's the second one, the fourth one. And this is important. Okay. Beer prices tied to the alcohol by volume in beer. That is just wrong, man. I just have to tell you. I mean, here I am in Portland, and if we did beer pricing like that, there would be no IPAs or no Imperial IPAs, and there sure as hell wouldn't be any triple IPAs. So I, think I don't it, know what you're doing. Well, it, what it, it reinforces the class system here. Only the wealthy can get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? You know, that that's actually a decent argument. I that's mean, not bad, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, that's pretty good. That's pretty I don't, good. I don't okay. even know that. Is that true? Yes. I mean, that's the reason why you guys have so many beers that are all basically the same. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I learned that when I was there. I asked somebody, like, why doesn't anybody have an IPA? And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, because it, it's, you know, it's tied to alcohol and that's just, it's an expensive beer to make. And so I finally found one at a, at a, at a restaurant one night on Bondi Beach and it was you know, some crazy amount of money. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's changed since I was there, but you never know. Okay. Number three. Okay. Oh, you know what? That's the, this is the Fox News story. So I'm moving on. Number two. Here you go. Deadly animals. You guys have box jellyfish, bull sharks, brown snakes, blue ringed octopuses, and of course, oh, the common death adder. Yeah. In fact, I read somewhere that the one of those animals, I don't remember which one, has enough venom in it to kill 27 people. At any given time. That could easily be true. <laughs> that is so easily true. Do you true. just like read news stories of people just, you know, oh, they, they're dead. Like, I yeah. mean, what, how does that go? Really? Look, down here, we are Darwin 24-7. We are Darwinian. You can't cope with the animals, you're gone. You can't get a visa, you can't get in. If you can't afford the, the heavy beer, I'm sorry. Go I away. got it. I'm, Man, I'm there's a theme the, here. Yeah. Okay. So, and my one I already talked about, which was the colonial history and the racism and the black ban and the relatively recent race riots that I read about. But um, yeah. it sounds like overall... You know, I can't argue that well. the colonial history is just disgraceful. So they, right now we are trying to get uh, the indigenous element into our constitution. Republican slash liberal leaders are just blocking it every step of the way, and it's just, yep. it's terrifying. And just so people know, like the Australian indigenous culture is the oldest living culture in the world. It makes my stomach turn. It's just the most dreadful history of just absolute annihilation. I'm just rereading a book about James Cook and those initial interactions and uh, it's just terrifying. An interesting thing for the next time is, you know, when he went into New Zealand, the Maori culture, they're a warring culture. They are more a homogenous one, one-ish kind of group with one common language. And they had a treaty with the English, which holds today. And that treaty means that the language must be taught to everyone in New Zealand. They have incredible rights and it's a really remarkable story. In Australia, the Indigenous, are, there are more countries in Australia of Indigenous people, they call them countries, than countries in the world. They all have unique language and culture. and So it's not homogenous. It's just, it's really, really difficult. And when the British arrived, they it was just a, it's like other Indigenous stories. It's just. 
it's just terrifying. So yeah. Okay, I'm dying cool. to hear your US bad list. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, it's probably that you just went over it already. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just because just in case there's anything fresh in there. Yeah. No. Oh, this isn't too bad. It's pretty terrible. Um, Amazon Prime. It's just, it is just heroin for consumers and it's just terrible. And when we lived there, we were completely addicted and the packaging and the, you know, you buy a button for your shirt and it comes in a box the size of a, I don't know, Santa Claus. It's ridiculous. So there's a packaging element. It's just, it just blows my mind. That So you guys really aren't going to have Amazon Prime anytime soon, huh? We have it here. Amazon here has done what Amazon in Canada has done, which is not a lot. Okay. So it exists. It just isn't very widely used. Yeah. I think there's a, there is very much a marriage to going out into stores. And I remember mm. when we first moved home, my then 12-year-old son had met a group of friends and they were hanging out at our place and they were going to buy something. I don't know what, a skateboard. And my son said, oh, let's just jump on Amazon. And there was three kids looking at him going, what's Amazon? And that's when the blood rushed out of his head and he said, Daddy, can we go home now? <laughs> uh, oh he didn't God. really say that. And then and then his mate said to him, well, we've, let's go up to the shopping mall. Let's go up to Westfield Shopping Centre and we'll get the skateboard there. And he's like, what is it? This what is this thing you speak of? It was like a foreign language. So, yeah. All right. You got anything else on US bad? Uh, yeah, or I have. You already spend it. Okay. No, no, no. I think number four is money in politics. I think uh, the oh, money yeah. influence is a killer. I think you end up with things like the NRA really driving a lot of the – and big oil. Oil, you know, you, you end up with um, governments that are not progressive on the environmental front because big oil kind of brought them into the position. So yeah, it's it's a good thing we have mavericks who just say screw it and do things anyway. Like, yeah, you know, Elon yep. Musk and people like that. Absolutely. Um, okay, number that, three. Yeah is the notion, and this is a rub that Australians have with Americans, is that American supremacy. The idea that America is number one, America is the best, mm. and it rubs us because we're wired the other way. We are we live in mortal fear of the tall poppy syndrome, which is the mm. syndrome that if you stand out, you'll get chopped down. And so we the classic comparison is if you are talking to Michael Jordan, who just won ring number five, in America he would very much take on the I am the greatest basketball in the world, and he's very happy to say that. That interview, that post-match interview in Australia, the captain of that team would say it was a team effort. I think the other team did a great job. I want to thank uh, the management here. I want to thank the coach. Like constant deflection. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's, it, to be super fair, that there's a lot of athletes here who aren't the big massive super superstars mm. who have exactly the same attitude. It's just that the media loves loves the the ones that you mm. know basically run on hate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They're so much more entertaining, you know? That's very Um, true. That's very true. Um, Number two for me is the rich-poor divide, which you spoke of. So I think that's devastating. Really, really devastating um, to see it happening and unfolding and what it means and the injustice, particularly in a country where there's no social net. You know, 30% of parents in America can't afford diapers. That's kind of a crazy statistic. You've got... It's just so much wealth at the top end. It's it's sort of you can't get your head around it. So that's that, and that's sort of an upshot of the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Yeah. You can. Uh, and my number one is is the racial divide. And I think living in Portland, Oregon, which I think is the whitest city in America, uh, and then traveling throughout America with the business, and you know we had manufacturing in Ohio and elsewhere, and that racial difference is is massive. And obviously, in recent times, Black Lives Matter and other things, it's uh, very very problematic. It's really hard. You know, you know, it's interesting. Up until recently, one of the things that was interesting to observe about Oregon's right wing, basically, was that they were largely more of a uh, like a business first group. They weren't particularly they. Didn't 
didn't weren't religious zealots and they weren't racist. And I mean, there's obviously a massive history of racism in Oregon, but I mean like mm-hmm. the, what, what are now referred to as old Portlanders who were the people you would meet in the nineties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Basically, They were really normal people. And it's unfortunately really recently it's gotten so that even that group is getting more bizarre. And, All right. I'm, I'm going to sun it up here and go to Australia. Good. Ooh, you ready? Yeah, no, go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, and then you've got to have, you've got to cover Australia bad, man. You, you might end up doing it during the session. <laughs> uh, all right. You ready? Number oh, five good. is marsupials. Oh, no, seriously. They're cute. I mean, who doesn't love marsupials? What are you going to like, give me some, like, I hate koala bears. Come on. There's no way you can hate a koala bear. I mean, <laughs> somebody out there hates a koala bear, but come on. I mean, they just kind of cruise around all slow. They're kind of like an Australian sloth, except that, much cuter. Well, they sleep They sleep 27 hours a day. Yeah. And the eucalyptus oil in the leaves knock them out. And I've tried, and man, it is good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the other terrible thing we do to foreigners, and don't listen to this, any Americans coming to Australia, is we talk about them as drop bears. Have you ever heard that story? No. So koalas are drop bears, and what happens is that they, they just drop out of the like you've got to watch out for the drop bears when you're hiking in Australia because they could drop out of a tree and kill you. The, because they don't hold on while they're sleeping? Yeah, it's a myth. We're just trying to scare the foreigners. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm glad you told me now because you could have run, run that against me. Okay, <laughs> the long black is number four. I just, you know, it's interesting walking into a place and not say, I'm a, I'm a black coffee guy, like a good black coffee, usually medium roasty. And I was like, oh no, nobody drinks drip coffee in this city, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe even the country for all I know. But I ordered up whatever you said is the closest and I thought it was absolutely insane. I like enjoyed it every morning i was there number three see well, you're just, not going to argue just about on the that for a second black, are you? well i just just a bit of context and why we're coffee obsessed here is it really goes back to post-war where we had the biggest influx of italians and greeks outside those countries so we've got mm. the biggest populations and they brought their coffee culture and a great case study is starbucks who came into australia five years ago with 75 stores and within a year, 70 stores left because Australians are obsessed. And you know our local cafe because we went there when you stayed here, Speedos. Mm-hmm. Annie at Speedos knows exactly what I want without me even ordering it. And so in yeah. Australia, we're a much smaller country. We don't have chain restaurants anywhere near the amount the US does. Yeah, long blacks, short blacks. My favorite American story of coffee ordering is my first domestic flight from Portland to somewhere. And a tall African-American flight attendant was asking for orders. And I looked at her and I said, I'd like a long black. And uh, my seatmate, a total stranger, looked at me like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, right. Um, I'd like a coffee with no milk. Oh yeah, that's that's a a good cross cultural story. Okay, so number three, I you, it's the same thing on your list. The beaches, uh, the the beaches in Australia are amazing, and I uh, I grew up in California, so you know it's not like I I don't know something about beaches. Hmm. Number two, Sydney. I, I think Sydney is just an incredibly charming place. I mean, the, the Sydney to Hobart yacht race, the New Year's Eve fireworks over the Sydney Harbor Bridge and the Opera House. And I mean, it's pretty hard to beat that. I, I think it's just a remarkable experience. And um, it's a good thing. Uh, it's so expensive there that people don't get to visit you very often. Not, no shot on that, huh? No, I'm happy. I'm just, I'm gloating. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 
F and I, man. All right. All right, last one. You're not going to be surprised on this one. It's the people. I, I loved all of the local store owners I met. I, the <laughs> people you run into, the experience that we had that one day at the North Bondi RSL Club. That was like the best thing ever. I remember I'm sitting there having a beer and the sun's going down and we're looking out and it's beautiful and it's a cheap military price beer, you know, basically. And you lean over to me and say, hey, by the way, when, when I don't remember what time of day it was. When, when we hit this time of day, you better be ready to stand up and like be silent because this place is a military place and, and we're going to honor people who who died in war. So, and I and by the way, that was also a beautiful thing to watch. You guys seem to have the sweet spot on patriotism without nationalism. And that's a really beautiful combination. But now I'm going to force you into Australia bad. Here we go. Okay. You ready? Yeah. I hope your countrymen are. Okay. Okay. Do you have freedom of speech down there? I'm not sure if you do. Can you be arrested for this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Number five, Australia bad is the cost of living. And yeah. so if you've ever traveled to Hawaii from the States, you'll know that everything's a little bit more expensive because you've got to ship everything in. And we are kind of in the same boat, which is kind of infuriating. So the cost of living is is a is a big one and it kind of drives the same sort of dynamics between the haves and the have nots. So that's that's a tough one. Number four is we have the highest rate of skin cancer in the world. It means we are incredibly aware of the sun. Um in the late eighties, early nineties, we had the ozone hole, which was a big environmental problem. You don't and have the ozone hole anymore? No, no. We, the well, two things. One is the ozone hole was the biggest above Australia. Right. So that just that. meant that kicked up rates. And but the other the cool side of that is that collectively globally it's a great case study in what happens when the whole world gets behind something you know it is a sustainability thing and uh we 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 the globe removed cfcs from refrigerators and if you look at it now the hole is now closed it's one of the it's it's one of the great if you think about how we're going to get through the whole global warming thing that's a good example absolutely number three uh is the obsession with real estate it's a kind of a quirky weird thing that if you've never heard of it you're like what are you talking about but in a future episode i will share with you the obsession but it's everyone talks about property all the time (laughs) and it's a free way to great wealth here because it's we don't have a endless supply that's near coast and so statistically property doubles every seven years in value and you sort of brought up with that and then i've had friends who've lived, moved to the states and have bought a house and seen it decline in value and they're like wait wait what, what's going on here <laughs> it's kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> well so that, uh, this is specific to like coastal property is what i'm getting yeah but interesting now with um with covid it's kind of moving inland as well because now covid proved that you could live anywhere and work anywhere you could just do do zoom so now these really cute country towns are getting inundated with um sydney siders melbourne siders who want to live in the country less frenetic life but can zoom into work so that's oh, yeah. yeah you got it probably cheaper land too right yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely um okay. okay number two is the same thing you said all the things that will kill you Sharks, snakes, jellyfish, and spiders. It is, we make a joke out of it. It is, but it is freaking crazy. Like, you know, we blue, blue bottles are uh, innocuous, but they sting like mad. Like, we had blue bottles on the beach this morning. And what are they, jellyfish? They're jellyfish with a really long string on them. And you Mm. want to go for a swim. The beach is covered in blue bottles. And then you've got to make a calculation. You've got to say, well, has every blue bottle in the ocean now hanging out on the beach so I can swim? Or, if I dive in, am I going to meet all of these blue bottles, cousins, and 
mums and dads. And the thing is, is that they get on you and you've got to peel them off and then you've got to grab some salt water and it stings like a mother. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know. so do you, can you just get away with like wearing a wetsuit or something or no? Uh, no, wetsuits will help. And it's it's fairly rare. Um, but the other thing is with drone technology, we've got a couple of guys here locally that have drones up and they have really fascinating Instagram accounts. So you can see them tracking a bait ball and a bait ball is just a massive school of fish that is in a ball and then a shark or a dolphin or something is in the guts of it just having lunch. And the drone technology just gives everyone a reminder that, yeah, that the ocean isn't just a saltwater pool and nothing's in there. Like there is lots of life in there that will get you, right. you know. Right. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, that's that. And then the last one, the number one thing that dun, 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 dun. makes us right about is the tall poppy syndrome. I think it's psychologically it really hurts a lot of people. Different cultures. So, in Japan, they have the same. The, the tall poppy syndrome is, as you suggest. You don't stick your head up because you don't want it to be cut off. Yes. And in Japan, they've got a, the same um, problem. It's called if the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. And what happens is you have cultures like Australia and Japan where we're very, there's a lot of deference. There's a lot of, you want to fit in, you don't want to stand out. And so what it means is we don't have that American exceptionalism. We don't have the Elon Musk. That stops in America in about middle school. Yeah. It goes the exact opposite direction in high school and then it never really stops actually. But I think it's, I think it really hurts us. And I think I only realized how much it impacts us negatively when I moved to the States and saw it, I saw it, its absence and what's possible and living in possibility and striving for great things. I mean, related to it is that she'll be right, mate thing, which is this sort of laid back, relaxed. Look, it's a nine o'clock meeting. If I get there at 10 past, we'll be sweet. And, you know, you move to Japan or America or England and they're like, what, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> great in a lot of cultural ways but it's also you know for anybody who's entrepreneurial such as yourself that's probably mm. a little annoying as well yeah no it's a awesome. little handbrake all right so we we got our arms around this big old cluster of 20 things mm. and what we got to figure out after we close today is what the heck are we going to dig down deeper in i mean there's all these things we could do i mean that are these are just maybe the starting points of some of these. For example, just a one thought is we have almost 250,000 COVID deaths right now in America. Mm. And how are you guys doing? Uh, we have 900. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, mm. I realize you guys are a lot smaller, but I mm. think even by per capita reasons, mm. that's remarkable. What's, what's your infection rate per date these days? Oh, we haven't had an infection in 10 days. Uh, in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, uh, I mean, that that is probably, uh, that may not be the first episode, but, or the second episode rather, but that might be something we've got to talk about soon because that's but, like remarkable. But we, we don't get it. Like I don't, like our life here is almost perfectly back to normal. I mean, we've got, you know, the senior class that just graduated their school. They've, they've got a formal. They can, they can have 300 people at a gathering. When we look at the numbers, like Japan is now taken off again. And it's like, I was back in Japan and Asian cultures because they don't shake hands, which is a big thing and mm. in culturally, and they, they wear masks all day long in the winter. So that behaviour isn't new, yet Japan's just taken off and Korea's just like, taken off. Because they already do that to, to try and beat the flu. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, this one went a little longer than normal. I think we're shooting for 30 minutes on these. Uh, you know, it's never going to be right on with us, but yeah. uh, but but we'll uh, we'll pick this up next week. I hope you have a great week, Jason, and we'll see everybody else soon. Thank you for
for joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham-Nine. Catch you next time.